0: On this episode of the Loudouts podcast, the Tampa Bay Rays have made it 13 straight to start the season. The Detroit Tigers have themselves a little bit of an issue with their star shortstop. And how about a big contract extension for one of the Giants' arms? We we'll talk about that and so much more on the Loudouts podcast. And it starts right now. Welcome into another edition of the Loudouts podcast. CJ Nakowski and Ryan Spielborgs. I'm in Houston, Texas. You are in Detroit, Michigan. It's like a remote live show from all around uh, every major league city here uh, in the big leagues. you got your Apple game coming up. I got a fun series here with the Rangers getting started against the Houston Astros, the new look Rangers, hopefully getting back on track. But we got some bigger and better things to get to. And in the American League East right now, I think everybody pretty excited about the fact that this thing continues to happen here. The Tampa Bay Rays have won now 13 straight. It looked like it looked like. The winning streak was going to be in jeopardy against the Boston Red Sox. It has not happened. Uh, They continue uh, to win, come back in pretty dramatic fashion, and then just kind of blow out the Boston Red Sox. Pretty incredible to see them come back the way that they did, despite the fact that they lost Jeffrey Springs in that game. We'll wait to see whether or not some more news trickles in regarding what's going on with the nerve for him. It sounds like no uh, structural damage. We will see, at least that was the initial reports. He was getting some imaging done uh, here on Friday morning. Uh, so hopefully it continues to be relatively good news. But he had to come out, and it felt like, you know what, this might be the moment. All of a sudden now you have a guy who's been dealing for you and your rotation and Jeffrey Springs, one of your stars. They locked him up to the contract extension, all of it, and that still didn't slow the Rays down. They come back and win big. They are now 13-0. they set a Rays record. Uh, they set a record uh, for most wins to start a season. Uh, they got a tough series coming up against the Toronto Blue Jays. I feel like this thing will finally come to an end, but who the heck knows? Thirteen and zero, Billy, for the Tampa Bay race.
1: Okay, so you tell me what's more impressive: the the thirteen and zero, or the fact that during this thirteen game stretch, they have outscored their opponents by seventy one runs. Nonsense. They it's have crazy, a seventy. Man. They have a seventy one run run differential, which I I like. I think the Dodgers last season, after they won one hundred eleven games, they were they were close to like four hundred runs on their hmm. run differential. That was after 162 games. We're talking 13 games, 71 runs in run differential. That's insane. Uh, I don't think anybody saw this. I I don't think it's possible to see anything like this happening. I was part of a winning streak in 2007 down the stretch. We won uh, 21 out of 22 games, which is incredible, right? Like we we walked through the the postseason. We got to the World Series. We won 13 out of 14. Um, But during that time frame, you know, you like you have a mental there's like a mental state that the team gets in and it's different. Like it, I, I've experienced it once. It was during that win streak. And you you really just like playing for each other. Like it, it really boils down to like a simple common denominator, which was like, I don't care if I do good. I just want to do my job and we're going to win. You know, <laughs> like I just want to do what I have to do. To help the ball club win. That's it. It's like the simplest thought. Mm. But it's it. But you understand this when you start playing at the major league level and there's so much like ancillary thoughts that go in the mind of a player. How much money am I going to make this year? I want playing time. What are my stats? Um, you know, like, I don't like my role. All these like, so much like noise from the outside your mom, your dad, your wife well, why aren't you playing? What's going on? Uh, Is everything okay? Like it's just like mm-hmm. it, it gets it gets exhausting with how much noise is out there and so for, for a team like the Tampa Bay Rays out of spring training to win 13th straight and we're hearing all the right things. We're playing for each other. You know this is crazy blah 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 that's pretty remarkable right? Like yeah. that there's not I mean, like, I, I would say it's, this, CJ, selfishness gets in the way of wins. You know what I'm saying?
0: Sure. If you have selfish teammates, absolutely. And it seems like, obviously, listen, I think it's always a fun conversation. I think we can go back and forth on it. What happens first, the winning or the chemistry? In what order? Right? Because they kind of feed off each other a little bit. It's pretty difficult to have bad chemistry when you're 13 and 0. Right, Everything seems like it's going great. Everybody's getting along. You're probably having lunch with everybody on the team or grabbing coffee and everyone's super happy. And then what happens when things start to go south or a couple of players start to struggle or they're disgruntled with their playing time? I'm sure there's some guys that aren't thrilled about their playing time uh, right now, but the fact that it's working out well, you would never want to be that guy. Uh, to disrupt what's going on. However, if the team was losing and things were going bad and there was some pressure on your manager or some outside media pressure on your organization, and then those players or players start getting upset and start talking about things that are going poorly for them or get really selfish, like you said, that's when things get really ugly and can get really ugly pretty fast. Um, So I don't think that's the case here uh, with the Rays at all because they're winning and everything is going great. Uh, At some point, we keep saying this, at some point it's going to slow down. When that will be, I don't know. But there are so many good storylines here. I mentioned Jeffrey Springs likely to miss some time. Obviously, that's not a good one. Uh, but uh, we also and we also saw Zach Eflin dealing with uh, an injury as well. Hopefully, not too significant for him. But they bring up uh, Taj Bradley. Uh, comes up and makes a start for them, and they get sent right back down, but did a pretty good job, makes his big yeah. league debut, right? And then the other thing that they did, which was kind of cool to see, uh, in yesterday's ball game, Braden Bristo uh, makes his big league debut and picks up a three-inning save in this game. He goes three shutout innings, punches out four. Now, it ended up being a blowout win for them uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays when it was all said and done. They scored seven in the fifth inning. They won this game 9-3. to three. But how cool for him. Bradley went down. Bristo comes up. This is the guy who spent his entire minor league career with the New York Yankees. Signs with the Rays as a free agent, a minor league free agent. I think anytime the Rays come calling, you're jumping. And here he is now in the big leagues in the middle of April, and he picks up a save. I know it's not a traditional save, but a save is a save is a save. It's really cool for him. And it's just, again, next man up here for the Rays. The depth gets tested here despite the fact that they're 13-0, and and the depth is answering with success.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, again, like, whatever the – formula that the Rays have. I mean, you and I are all in, we love Cal Snyder, uh, Eric Neander. I mean like the entire, you know, Kevin cash, like their, their front office, their support system, their coaching staff uh, off the charts. We, we, we like can't help, but root for them. I guess in this, in this scenario, again, it's like, when do they, when do they come back to earth? Because CJ, if they go 500 the rest of the year, Just 500, and I get we're at an odd number of games. So let's say 75 and uh, what is it? 75 and 74.
0: I'll take your word for it. Yeah, math is can be tough to do live, but yeah, I got you. It's hard for me. Yeah, uh,
1: that still puts them at a 80, 80, what did I say? 75. So they're at 88 wins. If they were to play 500 from here on out, yeah, they're still at 85 wins or 88 wins. Sorry, 13 and 0, 75, 85, 88 wins. They're yep. 80, they, they have 88 wins right now if they play 500.
0: Yeah, and that should be good enough to get you into the postseason. Uh, but they have bigger aspirations than that. Will we see triple digits for the Rays. Obviously, they're on pace to do that and much more, but like you said, things will slow down. Hey, one other story from this team uh, that has kind of caught my attention here a little bit. We talk so often about uh, the pitchers, and there's been some good ones here uh, and kind of reclamation projects or guys that hadn't done it before and now get it done with the Rays. But how about Harold Ramirez? He's starting to grab my attention here a little bit. 28 years old, spent some time with the Marlins, with the Cleveland Guardians back in 2021. Seemed like a somewhat serviceable player. Last year with the Rays in 22 games, he hits 300. Uh, 403 at-bats for him, so it was a, a good sample size. Only had six home runs in there, but he did a really nice job. OPS plus a 121, meaning he's 21% better than league average. He's got three home runs already so far and 31 at-bats. Are we going to see a power surge? I mean, like everybody else, he's crushing it, but he's hitting 323. The OPS is over 1,000. It's another story here with the Tampa Bay Rays. We are like, oh, who's going to be the guy? And there's a lot of guys up and down the lineup. But the Harold Ramirez part of this uh, has caught my attention a little bit. Now, we had a nice day yesterday. He went three for four with a couple of doubles and drove in. Uh, three in the in the game that they beat the Boston Red Sox to bring them 13-0. and 0. Uh, But he's another guy now in this lineup and in this organization who was good for them last year, who looks like he may have another gear, didn't get it done to the same level with the other organizations that he was with throughout uh, his career. And now the Rays, here he is in his age 28 season, that may have found themselves another huge impact bat.
1: Isn't that crazy? Uh, So I saw Harold, he was with team Columbia during the WBC and he was swinging the bat pretty well. He also had his hair dyed blue because his son uh, is, is dealing with uh, has autism. And so he's drawing some attention to uh, autism, really good character, really good player, uh, really good basketball skills. But I mean, like I would never have guessed Harold Ramirez would, would be off to this type of start. But again, again yeah, like I, I start digging into all the numbers for the rays when it comes to you know swing profiles they are a contact heavy team um you know like like some of the numbers as as young as they are they're leading the league in batting average they're leading the league in on base percentage they're leading the league in ops leading the league in runs scored leading the league in homers and you go up and down the the lineup and you're going okay yandi diaz really huge um contact percentages. He like doesn't swing and miss. Brandon Lau off to another fantastic start. If he's in the strike zone, he doesn't swing and miss. Randy Rosarena in the strike zone doesn't swing and miss. Juan Franco in the strike zone doesn't swing and miss. <laughs> like like we keep going. Luke really in the strike zone doesn't swing and miss. Doesn't mean that they won't chase. But if they, do, if they do stay in the strike zone, they don't swing and miss. They have these really high contact rates in the strike zone. Uh Josh Josh Lowe, the brother of Nathaniel Lowe, or is it Lowe? Lowe,
0: come on, Spelly, yeah, come on. It, Brandon it... Lowe, Josh Lowe, Nathaniel yeah, to, uh, Lowe.
1: Yeah, duh, I mean, like, they're they're ri- written the same way. You should know this. Yeah, uh, These guys are, like, contact rates in the strike zone. man. Manny yeah. Margot, contact in the strike zone. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, now they're getting guy. it done. Offense looks good. Pitching looks good. The minor league system, guys that they've asked to help have certainly contributed as well. You were talking about sometimes team chemistry and how things can go bad. The Detroit Tigers seem to have themselves a a little bit of an issue here with Javier Baez. Of course, he signed the big deal six years, $140 million, goes through 2027. He can opt out after this year. Uh, That is probably not going to happen. Another, I don't want to call it a base running blunder, Spilly, but this was kind of a mental checkout. And this has happened multiple times. This happened with him when he was a member of the Chicago Cubs and David Ross had to address him and did not seem uh, to take too kindly to that. He was taken out of a game for not knowing how many outs there were the New York Mets and kind of the things that they were getting into when they decided that they were going to boo the fans. We know that Javier Baez was a part of that, not a great look for him, but he gets the big contract two years ago from the Detroit Tigers. Well, yesterday on Thursday against the, Toronto Blue Jays, there was one out. He was on second base. Akeel Badu was up, hit a pretty routine fly ball to center field. Javier Baez starts jogging, thinking that there's two outs and the inning is over. And he ends up getting doubled up after the inning ends. A.J. Hinch brings him down in the tunnel to talk to him and takes him out of the game. It was only the second inning. And, you know, just you kind of see a bunch of different opinions here and like, oh, should Javier Baez be somewhere else? Would he be better off maybe in a different place? No, this is 100% on him, and there's a, there's a track record here now where it's been happening – with some consistency. Guy's yeah, thirty years old, done some really great things in the game. We know what, what a kind of dynamic defender that he can be. It has not been a good run for him here lately. He did well when he got to the New York Mets, and there was a lot of talk about whether or not he would end up back there. He had two ninety-nine in those forty-seven games and and looked probably the best we've ever seen him. But he signs that deal with the Tigers. It's two thirty-eight last year, seventeen home runs this year through twelve games. He's hitting one twenty-two with a one eighty-two yeah. on base percentage and one extra base hit. And he's not paying attention to how many outs there are. And I talk about, as we mentioned with the Rays, and when everything's going great, everybody's loving each other, everybody's all the way in. Losing brings out the worst in players. And poor production can bring out the worst in players. And I think we're seeing that with Javier Baez. And he probably did not like getting taken out of the game the way that he did. But again, it's not the first time. And I think for A.J. Hinch, having young players on that team, you can't let that slide. He's got to pick it up, man. There's no two ways about it.
1: There's no two ways about it. And I like how AJ's response was: it's not about Javi. Like, if it would have been Nick Maton, he would have benched him. If it would have been, if it would have been Matt Veerling, he would have benched him. It, it happens to be Javi, and Javi's excuses were really poor. Um, he said, "You know, I'm hitting six. I forgot how many outs there were because I'm hitting six. No. Well, he was hitting third about three days ago, but he doesn't deserve to be hitting third. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve the everyday of bats right now, especially if if you're going to play, you know, like that. I mean, losing outs, I get it. Everybody's gone, has done that at some point. Um, you know, sometimes you'll look at the scoreboard. The scoreboard has the outs wrong. and You're like, wait, so one out or two outs, and then you start running in. So, I, I mean, like, virtually everybody's done it at some point. But when you're base running, and it wasn't just, that one base running blunder you go back and you watch his double and he hits this double, hits it, you know, he hits a ball off Chris Bassett. Uh, I think it's like a slider hooks yeah. it in the air. And I'm not, I'm uh, honestly, I'm not coming after hobby. Like as a, as anything, I mean, I'm mean, i not, but the ball off the bat, he starts walking with it. Flips the bat towards his dugout? Cause he thinks he got it. And he doesn't get it. It hits the wall. He is like as Susie as hits first. He like has to pick it up and, and, and go diving into second base. Spencer Torkelson says he had two brain farts in five minutes. So your teammates even saying like, yeah, the ball off the bat, he misread that one. And then with like, he's like pointing to his teammates. He's like, yeah, what's up. Uh, and then he's there at second base and he's, I mean, he's completely out of it, man. Yeah, I don't know what you do if you're if you're AJ Hinch, and you know it, it, this this doesn't reflect on Scott Harris, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers. This no. is Al Avila's, yeah, and Avila's gone. Yep, this is a terrible sign at this moment, especially because of this. The
0: doesn't Tigers, help. yeah, the Tigers okay. are
1: trying to spin it around, right? Yeah, they're trying to turn this thing around. When you have your highest paid player. And I don't know what he looks like behind the scenes working. But if if this is how your highest paid player works, the rest of the team is going to do the opposite. Mm. And, yeah. and like I, I feel fortunate when I get to see Mookie Betts at Dodger Stadium because that guy works his tail off. He takes grounders at short, takes grounders at second. He does early BP. I get personalities are totally different. But it is nice when you're when your highest paid player is your hardest worker. Mm-hmm. Like that's the and they play the game the yeah. hardest.
0: Jose Ramirez and, a great example of that.
1: Another really good one.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I mean, I do think the Tigers have a big problem. They yeah. have a big problem with this player because what do you do, CJ? What do you do when your best when your your highest paid player yeah. is the worst example?
0: Yeah, so real quick, I mean, technically, yes, Miguel Cabrera is the highest paid player. He's got one year left, right? He's making $32 million this year, but then it's Baez who's around for another four after this one. So the guy, right, the guy that's kind of supposed to be the identity of the franchise when they went and signed him. Remember, they went after Carlos Correa and couldn't get him, and they felt like they needed to do something. They wanted to bring in a shortstop. There have been obviously a bunch available over the last couple of years, and they were getting out of and moving past some of their bad contracts and started to clear that a little bit. They wanted to start to add. It was Eduardo Rodriguez. It was Javier Baez, knowing that they were going to clear that Miggy money soon enough. And Baez was supposed to be the guy. And if you only watch what he did in New York with the match, you might see, hey, this is an exciting player. He's bringing the best out of everybody. There's a lot of talk about the whole indoor conversation and that relationship. And then can he come do that in Detroit? And it just seems like when things are going bad, he's one of these guys that just checks out. Uh, it's brutal. What do you do? You hope like crazy that he's going to opt out after this year. He's not. Uh, he's got four years and $98 million remaining on his contract after this year, 25-25 and then 24 million each of the next two years after that and 26 and 27. And so you can keep your fingers crossed and hope that he opts out. It's not going to happen. And so A.J. Hinch has no choice but to stay on him and demand the most out of him and sit him down and say, we need you to be somebody you're not being right now. And you got to hope that he's able to um, pull that off. But I'm not overly hopeful about it. If he starts playing well and the team starts playing better, then he'll be fine. But you're looking at him and asking him to be the leader of the group that kind of hopefully takes guys in that direction, and it seems like it's the opposite. He'll be a follower if the team starts to kind of get it together, if they start to win, if they start playing meaningful games, and he elevates his game because of that. But when the Cubs and now the Tigers are, we're in a bad situation where they're not doing well and they're losing games, it's pretty obvious that it's very hard to keep him uh, focused and doing the things that you want him to do and be that leader uh, with young players. Now I want to move on to the uh, Atlanta Braves. Some news coming out of Atlanta, unfortunately, for Orlando Arcia, uh, Left fractured wrist. Uh, we saw him go on the IL. The speculation began. Would Vaughn Grissom get the call? Vaughn Grissom was the guy who we thought was going to potentially be their starting shortstop this year but Arcia was the guy and man he get off to a great start really unfortunate uh for him he was hitting 333 the OPS was 911 that's not the player he has been over the course of his career, but a couple of home runs to go along with uh, the great defense. Um, But he ends up getting hurt. And now Vaughn Grissom, uh, who was crushing it in AAA with the Atlanta Braves, uh, gets the call. Now he'll get his opportunity. It seemed like to me, Spilly, the defense was part of what was in question here um, with him. I don't think the bat necessarily. There were some adjustments that had to be made. 48 plate appearances in AAA at an OPS over 1,000 with a home run, a couple of triples, a couple of doubles. He was playing really, really well. More walks than strikeouts, he's going to get a look here. Why Arcia is on the IL It's going to be interesting.
1: Well, I I think for the Braves, they've they've had their depth challenge right out the gate, and I think they've done a pretty good job. Uh, Dodge, Schuster pitching uh, with with Vaughn. Now, I, I'm really happy to see that the numbers in AAA were were that good because you know he didn't go in the tank. He, I I mean, for all I know, he maybe he did go in the tank. Maybe he did feel sorry for himself. Huh. Who knows. But the the play sh- certainly hasn't shown itself there. Good organizations, if you're if you're verbal with your communication, if I said to you CJ, I'm going to play Arcia over you. Um, you know this guy is out of options. He you know he's been on some division winning teams as a shortstop. I want you to improve on your shortstop. Your footwork needs to improve. I'm not worried about your range. Your bat's fine. It's like, but let's work on on these things because you're gonna be a you're gonna be a brave shortstop at some point in your career. It's just not to start the season. I think you're okay with that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, you don't love it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, like you're yeah.
1: okay, and yeah. it, as long as I'm telling you that, like we think his defense is better than yours right now, and here's why, but here's how you can improve it. I think you 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 take that task and you go to work, and and now for for Vaughn. Coming up and and maybe not playing angry or maybe not trying to, you know, because this is these are the like the perfect scenarios of where guys try really hard mm. because they're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna show you. You know, like you put me down triple A, I'm gonna prove to you that RC is not as good as me. Uh, this is where guys really struggle. So hopefully, you know, he hits ninth. He's he's been on the team before. He filled in for Ozzy Albies last year, was fantastic at second base. Play shortstop. Expect to go down to the minor leagues. Do your work. Work with Ron Washington. Help the Braves win. Don't make it about yourself. And you probably end up turning some heads. That's yeah. how you do it. That's how you end up doing do your work. Play the quality, yeah. take your quality of bat, play some shortstop. Hopefully you make a good play here or there. And then, you know, from the front office from Alex all the way, you know, to Snickers office, they go, holy crap.
0: Yeah, make it difficult on them, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately what you do when you get an opportunity that is on you, uh, that when the next decision has to be made, that you're making it very tough on them by how well you're playing now. Arcia is a guy that does have a multi-year deal, but it's very inexpensive. He's making like $2 million a year over the next couple of years. There's an option in there as well. And the idea behind that contract was more about you know being a utility and a backup. Now, he's playing great, and it's probably still his position when he gets back and he's healthy because of how well he was doing. But if Vaughn Grissom lights it up, and I think you make a good point, probably more importantly defensively than offensively, um, then they'll be in a spot where they have a tough decision maybe to make. You never know. These things always have a tendency to work themselves out. Now, the Atlanta Braves are dealing with a ton of injuries. They're seven and three. They're leading that division, nine and four, uh, leading that division by two games right now. That's with Travis Darnot, Orlando Garcia, Michael Harris, uh, Max Freed, Rysel Iglesias and Colin McHugh, among others, all on the I.L. But those are significant pieces. You mentioned that depth getting tested right now in Atlanta. Brian Snicker and his group are doing a really nice job. The other guys have been stepping up. It's kind of incredible to hear those names all on the IL right now. They're a first-place team. Is very likely going to get better from within uh, when they get healthy.
1: Yeah, they're good. Uh, I, I'm telling you, CJ. 2021, I had the privilege of of traveling with MLP Network Radio, and we did the Dashley Championship Series. Uh, we did the Braves Dodgers series and then we followed the Braves to Houston for the World Series. And so we we watched that we watched the Braves shock the world beating the Dodgers and then uh, really kind of shock the world by beating the beating the Astros and and that World Series team was a pleasure to be around. I mean mm-hmm. that's a really good uh, that was a really good team. The roster that they have right now in comparison to the 21 roster is better. They have a better roster right now. doesn't mean that they're going to win a world series, mm-hmm. but you know, healthy Acuna, healthy Albies, healthy, like an established Austin Riley, Matt Olson at first base is not Freddie Freeman, but he's still Matt Olson uh, Murphy behind home plate with Darno. I mean, they're they're Michael Harris is a stud when he's back. I mean, they're, they're a better team, CJ. They're better. Yeah. They're better. And that's, that's crazy. I mean, they're that good. They, they, They should, if they play the way that they're capable of playing and they stay healthy with their players, they should they should be at least to the National League Championship Series.
0: Yeah, Uh, they have the team. I mean, you know, things can go obviously a little sideways in uh, the postseason. But yeah, this is uh, a team that on paper is probably one of the better ones. That they have had during the taping of this podcast, Billy. We had a little bit of breaking news, and I want to get your opinion on it. The San Francisco Giants and Logan Webb have agreed on a five year, $90 million extension. Uh, Logan Webb, of course, uh, has been really good over these last couple of years, especially 2011, 2012. This year, off to a little bit of a slower start. He's 0 3 with a 4.76 ERA. Here he is in his age 26 season. He had three more years of control, so essentially meaning he was cost-controlled through arbitration for the next three years before he was scheduled to become a free agent. That means they're buying a couple of years of free agency, which isn't bad, age 30 and 31. Uh, they obviously believe in the player, and they wanted to get this handled down so they don't have to worry about it here going forward. Uh, but a very nice contract for a guy, as we mentioned, the last two seasons has been one of the better pitchers uh, in baseball, certainly for the San Francisco Giants, and they've watched some guys leave via free agency over recent years, and so five years and $90 million keeps Logan Webb in that San Francisco Giants uniform, not just through these three, but as I mentioned, eating up two years of free agency. And so the risk, doesn't, for me, doesn't go that high when you think about this. Uh, For two years of free agency, age 30 and 31, for a guy who's been relatively uh, consistent here recently and making his starts, 32 last year, 26 uh, the year before, gave you 192 innings last year. He showed you that durability, finished 11th, in the Cy Young voting. Seems like a pretty good sign here for the San Francisco Giants who certainly have money to spend uh, and the fact that they had their guy locked up has got to make everybody feel pretty good.
1: It does have to feel pretty good. I'm a big fan of Logan Webb. Uh, you know, beyond baseball, he lost his cousin um, a couple of years ago. and That was a drug overdose. Uh, I, I believe it was right before a wedding. It, I mean, it's just kind of heartbreaking. So he's been uh, outside of baseball, trying to clean up Uh, drug abuse for for adolescents which is you know like that's pretty cool that he's he's doing that stuff but you know this falls in line with how the Giants operate they don't do multi-year deals for pitchers they just haven't you know like there hasn't like we we saw Carlos Rodon walk on they they have essentially you know they're comfortable doing two-year deals that's how they've Sean Mania, two-year deal. Mm. Uh, Alex Wood, two-year deal. Right, like you, you kind of see Ross
0: Tripling, two-year Rob, deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's the funny three-year deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like they they just don't extend starting pitching. They don't. And and so they in this case of Logan Webb, they bought out the arbitration year. So that's that was already going to happen. Like as long as he's healthy, he's going to play for arbitration. Then they stay on on path with with their their business model which is 2 to 3 year deals for free agency. So um uh, this deal makes a lot of sense. I mean like that one makes a ton of sense for for Logan Webb. Uh, some of the numbers are down for him. He's not missing as many bats. Um it still could be early. I mean he he does have a really kind of unique pitch arsenal which is that hard heavy two seam fastball, running fastball and a slider that goes off of it. Uh 2 year was it 2 years ago in in 2000 21 when they won the 107 games like he was a legitimate ace yeah legitimate ace he hasn't been quite that level yeah. since uh, last year
0: was good last year he had a 2.9 over his 32 starts
1: i mean but he, but yeah. still i mean like there was there was times where i what do you have a playoff game where he struck out like 12 or 13 Um but i i like the guy i mean like yeah. the guys the guys guy's a good pitcher but this only yeah
0: only the one postseason 2021 he had two starts punched out 17 over 14 and two-thirds give up just one run yeah so he dominated
1: I, he dominated i don't know yeah. if he's if he's still that guy i i haven't seen that pitcher since the 2021 postseason but that's okay that's okay uh giants giants definitely need to keep you know keep their young players but they're gonna have them anyway so i think it's good for uh, anytime you're a pitcher and you understand this, CJ, like <laughs> your arm is a ticking time bomb. So if you can, if you can take some pressure off the guy to just focus in on pitching and not worry about money or any of those things, that's that's obviously really good. Uh yeah. for he already had Tommy John
0: surgery, surgery back in 2016. I forgot he got an 80-game suspension for a PED positive test. Um, back in 2019, I forgot all about that. And then that kind of career started from there. But he's been good lately. The Giants obviously like him. And like you said, lower risk and based on what they have done, uh, kind of staying in line. One last quick one uh, that we want to get to. We've tracked the Baltimore Orioles because they've been a fun team uh, to watch going back to last year, making some noise. And so far this year, they're off to a pretty respectable start, seven and six, a game over 500. And we've wondered, you know, when they're going to start to turn the corner a little bit when it comes to adding to the roster. They haven't done a ton. Uh, necessarily. Uh, Of course, they brought in Kyle Gibson. They traded for Cole Irvin. They signed Adam Frazier to a free agent deal, but I think this is kind of a sign of maybe where they're at. They made the decision to send Cole Irvin to the minor leagues. Now, he's gotten off to a pretty slow start here, in his three starts with the Orioles. He's let up six, three, and six runs, so 15 runs, all of them earned uh, so far this season, and the overall numbers have not been great for Cole Irvin, he's 0-2 with a 10.66 ERA. Take the ERA for what it's worth, just three starts in and 12 and two-thirds. Uh, not getting a ton of ground balls. Ground ball rate uh, is down for him. The walk rate is up uh, pretty high. But you know, we looked at this team and thought, well, you know, some guys are going to get those opportunities to work through uh, some things. Uh, not happening right now for Cole Irvin as he will head to the minor leagues, meaning that Grayson Rodriguez will stay. Uh, and then, of course, Tyler Wells, who's expected to come, or not, excuse me, Kyle Bradish, expected to come off the I.L. here pretty soon, uh, tells me that that's the decision they made, is to go ahead and, and send Irvin down, but to let Grayson Rodriguez essentially stay in this rotation.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy that they are doing the right thing, which is, you know, if they are not good enough to be on the roster, we send you out to the minor leagues. I still am disappointed with the direction that the Orioles took this offseason, which was they... They just kind of stay in the middle. Mm -hmm. I I would have loved to see them be more aggressive, Mm -hmm. and you know, uh, trading for a Cole Irving, uh, fine. But I, I like, I, I I never relish in a in a player's failures. But this one is kind of like we told you, you know, like (laughs) this is a really kind of it's a win now team. What are we doing? Uh, So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that they made the right decision and setting him down i hope irving comes back and helps the team but this was an organization that had plenty of opportunities to add they didn't uh, they had plenty of, of financial flexibility to add they didn't and you know if they fall short i think they should be really disappointed in themselves you know like i i and i hope they make it to the postseason i, I really want them to because i I think it's important when you have teams like Baltimore that has struggled for a couple years, when they do turn it around, I hope they have success. Like we want that. That's really good for parity. It's good for the sport. It's good for the fan base. But I also don't want a front office and ownership to get rewarded for dipping their toes in. We we want aggressiveness when it comes to when your team is good. You should be pushing to be good, and they didn't do it. That like that's. Yeah. That's a fact. I mean they're Minnesota hey, Listen, did the they same stuck thing. with the plan.
0: I, I'm with you. It was frustrating. I think ultimately what we for me I look at the Orioles and say they stuck with their plan. They did it last year when they made trades at the deadline. Hopefully they don't do that this year and they actually look to add a little bit and they should be spending here pretty soon. Uh, really soon. Uh, I don't know if they'll add big come deadline time unless it's a controllable piece like if they feel like they have a chance to make the postseason they can get their hands on a controllable piece maybe they've done really really well uh, with their draft Adley Rushman had a big walk off home run this past week we've talked about it a bunch they got to get him uh, locked up to a contract and do it soon he's the face of the franchise he ended up getting that full year service time last year uh, because it was rookie of the year status he's a really good player. Uh, The clock is ticking to make sure you hurry up and you get that thing done with him. But in the meantime, what I do like about this move is that even though Cole Irvin no doubt is frustrated uh, getting sent down, coming over from the Oakland A's, got a couple of years of service time under his belt, probably thinking he was going to get a chance to make 32 starts. It's also a sign that says, listen, we guys have got to be competitive. Right? If they're going to struggle, then we are going to send guys down. It's not going to be about you know getting free starts just because our team's not very good right now or we don't expect to win. That's the right message to send. Yes, we want to yes. see them add, but also the idea of saying, you know what, Grayson Rodriguez, we want to see a little bit more of this. Right? There's been a little bit up, there's been a little bit of down through two starts for him. Um, but Tyler Wells was so good coming out of, of the bullpen, and when he did that for them after Kyle Bradish had gotten uh, hit with a foot uh, a line drive off his foot, uh, and so he stepped up, and he's certainly a guy. He's done a really nice job. Kyle Gibson's not going anywhere. Uh, Dean Kramer in that rotation as well. But they're going to get Kyle Bradish back. They had to make a move, and so in the meantime, this is the move that they make. But that that same kind of pressure exists, which is a good thing to have. It can make you a little bit uncomfortable, but for a guy like Grayson Rodriguez, you're trying to get comfortable. You got to get it done. Uh, Cole Irvin, same thing for all the guys. So you start to create that competitiveness and understanding that there are no more free at-bats, there are no more free innings here. You are going to have to earn it regardless of who you are. And if you have options, we're going to make the moves accordingly if we have to. And I think that's what's happened here with Cole Irvin. He can take a little bit of a step back, a little bit of a breather, get himself back on track. There are plenty more big league starts for him to have this year with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I like this idea. I like the I, when the team does this and as they start to come out of it, Understanding that you're going to have to earn it to stay on the big league roster.
1: Well, yeah. See, Jeffrey, that's that is that is the, the right business model, which is if you perform, you stay. I mean, there that they, you should never have free starts or free at yeah. bats. It happens uh, though
0: for teams that are rebuilding, it certainly happens.
1: I hear that, but it, it's it's still, I mean, it's the major leagues, it's the big leagues, you know, like yeah. there's there's guys that uh you, you and I would probably give anything to to have one more at bat or one more inning put on a uniform, have one more day, one more one more paycheck, uh just just to to put it on. But they're not you have to earn it. You, you have to like they don't just give it away. So I and I'm with you. Um I think this is the right move for Cole. Come back. Uh hopefully you I think the ch- the changeup was just off for him. He wasn't locating it at all at all. So yeah they
0: got some work to do. He does some work to do, but he'll get his opportunity uh, once again. Okay, that'll do it for us here on the Loudouts podcast. We'll be back with you again probably Monday morning. We always like to drop one at least early on Monday. And who knows, will the Tampa Bay Rays be 16-0 on Monday as they start a series in Toronto? Uh, Spilly's got the Detroit Tigers and San Francisco Giants tonight, at Apple TV. I mentioned the big series uh, for the Rangers here in Houston against the Astros. As always, we appreciate you listening. The Loudouts Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and tell everybody else how great this podcast has been. Have a great day, everybody. Serious
1: XM Podcasts.